0: What is the role of artificial intelligence in compliance? What about machine learning? Are you using ChatGPT? These questions are but three of the many questions we will explore in this exciting new podcast series, Compliance and AI. Hosted by Tom Fox, the award-winning voice of compliance, this podcast will look at how AI will impact compliance programs into the next decade and beyond. If you want to find out why the future is now, join Tom Fox on this journey to the frontiers of compliance in compliance and AI. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This episode I'm joined by my good friend, Jonathan Armstrong, and we're going to take a look at GDPR regulators and AI focusing on commentary and regulatory actions in Europe today. I know you'll enjoy this episode of Compliance and AI. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Jonathan Armstrong for another episode of the award-winning Life with GDPR. Jonathan, welcome back.
1: Thanks very much, Tom.
0: Jonathan, I can't think of a term more ubiquitous these days than AI and the various businesses that are trying to capitalize on AI, including the Compliance Podcast Network. I don't know if quarterly Compliance is or not, but I've been eagerly awaiting us the ability to have a discussion around some of the issues that AI and ChatGPT are bringing up in Europe and the United Kingdom. quarterly has a client alert entitled Google Delays Barred AI Tool Rollout in EU After Intervention from Irish Data Watchdog, one of your longer titles, I would say. (laughs) What's the status of BARD AI in the EU at this point?
1: Yeah, so I think the temporary suspension seems to have been lifted pending an investigation. But I think there are still lessons for AI, and in particular for generative AI, both in the EU and wider field. We've had other jurisdictions... have had cases involving open AI just recently, for example, and the first fine has been levied. But it's a big lie to say that AI is like the Wild West and it's not regulated. And as we've said on these podcasts before, some GDPR regulators have been somewhat adept at using GDPR to police AI, looking particularly at issues around fairness and transparency. So, we've had a number of cases in Italy involving rideshare of food delivery applications. we've had a suspension for replica AI we've had a suspension for chat Gpt and we've had investigations in Spain looking at the use of AI to assist recruitment and narrowing down candidate lists and selecting those for interview, etc. So regulators are pretty active in this space. And the BARD case is just another example. So it's similar in some respects to the Facebook dating case, which we talked about maybe a couple of years ago, where effectively there was an announcement that BARD was going to be extended to the EU and google told the data protection commission the irish data regulator that it intended to bring bard over here and it seems that the dpc was concerned that a data protection impact assessment hadn't been submitted to the dpc for its approval and avid listeners will recall that for Applications like generative AI, a DPIA is effectively mandatory and that if you can't balance the risks properly in that data protection impact assessment, then you have to send a copy to the regulator and ask them to look at it. Now, obviously, this is a process that causes some delay. I think the UK Information Commissioner, uh, from memory, expects you uh, to have a gap of about three months for that consultation process, uh, assuming that you uh, reply in time. And a lot of big tech providers, particularly, have grown impatient, don't engage regulators, and don't produce the DPIA when they're asked. So, in this case it seems that google could not or did not produce its dpia in time and it agreed with the dpc that the launch of bard would be suspended and in some respects we got to the same conclusion with chatgpt with the in italy as well Now, the concern for many regulators isn't just the way in which generative AI works, but it's also about the large pools of data that it uses to train the AI in the first place. So, with ChatGPT, that's what you might call compounded data. It's got a set of data from various sources that it's used to train the engine. With Bard, it's using data from the World Wide Web. Zoom, for example, has announced that it will use Zoom recordings to train some of its AI offerings. And sometimes those pools of data are particularly wide and we're already seeing litigation over that, both in the privacy and in the non-privacy context. Getty Images, for example, are complaining that some of its Copyrighted images, where it owns the IP, are being used to train AI models without its consent. And it's relatively common for for websites, particularly, to prohibit scraping from the website. So that in itself could be an unlawful data if the training tool is being sent to crawl the internet for data to train the engine. And, of course, regulators are concerned about that, but they're also concerned about the fact that individuals' data might be processed by AI without their consent, without their knowledge, and also that inaccurate data might be processed. I have an experiment that every so often I put my own name into ChatGPT. I think every single time it's told me that I'm a professor at a university, it's given me a different university each time, and it's always been wrong. At least it's consistent, but it's not accurate. And accuracy is a key principle of GDPR. I think the lesson for people listening today is, first of all, you need to be Conscious that if you're using AI, it isn't the Wild West, and you'll almost certainly need a data protection impact assessment. If people in your organization are buying in AI, for example, they're using it to assist with KYC and due diligence, or they're using it to help winnow down candidates in job applications, then you'll still need to go through a process whether you've invented the AI or whether you've just bought it in and thirdly when you're doing that assessment you'll need to look at your wider GDPR obligations things like transparency things like fairness things like the lawful processing of data and where you can't resolve those risks or remediate them sufficiently then you're going to have to go and speak to a regulator about it you've got those uh, timings for speaking to the regulator into the project timelines as well.
0: Jonathan, the can I go back to Zoom and their announcement that they were going to utilize recorded Zoom calls to train ChatGPT or other AI tools? And when I first saw this, I was very disturbed by this. But then I thought, well, I'm talking to Jonathan on Friday, so I'll get to ask him. (laughs) That seems to me to violate one of the most basic requirements under GDPR of informed consent. And here in the United States, they simply slap it in terms and conditions and say, good luck finding it, let alone understanding it. But that doesn't work that way in the EU and the United Kingdom. Has there been any pushback from the basic legal requirements of informed consent?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen an announcement from any EU regulator or a UK regulator that they're looking at Zoom specifically yet. Obviously we're in a slightly confusing position at the moment because I think Zoom have rode back from their initial statements. And presumably that's one of the thought processes that they're going through right now. Have they been transparent enough about what they're doing? How do they intend to get consent if they're relying on consent? Not only from those who've signed their terms and conditions and are hosting a Zoom call, But how do you do that from anybody who's invited to join that Zoom call? So I haven't seen an on-screen warning yet when I've used Zoom. I suspect that's going to come, or we're going to have a sort of, what you might call a divergency, that my understanding is that some Zoom offerings are harvesting data for AI, and some are not, and we might have more clarity as to which particular platform's doing what. But as a general rule, transparency is is core. And from some of the figures I've seen, somewhere north of seventy percent of GDPR fines involve a finding that the data controller wasn't transparent. And if you do the numbers, that's seventy percent of four billion euros so transparency is a big issue if you get it wrong that's likely to hit you in the pocket and obviously in a corporate environment many of the people that we're dealing with are somewhat vulnerable job applicants might be one class for example where if they don't get the job and they perceive that you haven't followed the right process in denying them that job then there's a litigation risk there as well it's going to be hard to say that you've had a fair process if you've not been transparent about how people were being selected and the spanish case particularly looks at some of those themes
0: jonathan once again i think this is something we may revisit down the road absolutely This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Compliance and AI. We're gonna have a lot of fun with this series. So I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review whenever we get an episode out so you'll be notified about it. Compliance and AI is really a passion project that I have to try to bring the most cutting edge strategies, tools, and tactics to the compliance professional. AI is going to be leading our profession in many ways, and particularly including the use of data and data analytics. So you need to be ahead of this. You're going to need to use it internally in your compliance program. You're going to be asked to create policies and procedures, training and education and communication to help keep your company out of trouble. The role of compliance and AI is still forming. So I hope you will be a part of the discussion by listening to this podcast compliance and AI. Compliance and AI is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.